0: Hello. (laughs) This is Ashley. Welcome to ArcM.
1: This is Kendra. Today we have Nick Parker with us. He is an artist and designer, grew up here in Oregon, and he works for Axiom. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: So, so Nick, what do you do?
2: Well, uh, currently I'm a designer for Axiom Custom Products. It's been around for a while, a little over 20 years. And in the past, it was it was a fabrication studio started in cabinetry. Woody Stratton is the, the boss and owner of all that. And about three years ago, there was a decision made to start a creative studio in-house with them because a lot of other design studios in town would go to Axiom and be like, hey, you guys all do all this great fabrication. Let's build some things together. And at one point, the boss said, why don't we have our own in-house design team? And it kind of was uh, some fortunate timing on my end because I had just been let go from another another job that went under, uh, went out of business, and so I was available. And yeah, I've been helping them out with all things creative since uh, for the past three years, and it's uh, it's been a fun fun gig.
0: Nice. So, why do you do what you do, and like, how did you get into designing?
2: Um I didn't grow up feeling particularly creative. I, I just remember in grade school if if I couldn't draw a comic book hero or a robot or something like that, then it's like, well, I'm, I guess I'm not an artist because I don't I don't know how to do those kinds of things. So I just put it on the back burner. I just never thought about it, never thought about being creative. I got into athletics and, choir and things like that. But when I started high school, uh, I made a decision to kind of switch up everything I was up to at the time. Well, been playing basketball, been in choir. Why don't I just stop doing all that? So then I started taking ceramics classes.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Why did you stop?
2: Why did I stop? Yeah. Just it didn't seem like something that was worth pursuing for me anymore. I mean, I really loved basketball but it was like well, to what end I mean yeah maybe maybe if I worked hard I could have gotten and play college ball but nothing beyond that I'm I mean, I'm only five nine <laughs> so uh, it's like yeah. you know um, you know this little white kid out of Oregon I didn't have a lot of NBA realistic I mean I had dreams but it wasn't didn't seem realistic no and I just I wanted to do something else and I was really mesmerized by a little ceramic demo that my high school teacher showed Mm -hmm. and I thought you know this this could be my thing and for a long time it was I spent all my four years of high school in ceramics class and I was pretty convinced at one point that I didn't need to go to college I was just gonna finish high school get my little studio set up get a potter's wheel and just be a potter that's it just do just do that Mm -hmm. and a couple other things kind of manifested at the same time while i was taking ceramics classes i was also starting to skateboard Um, through skateboarding i met other friends that were graffiti writers and i started writing graffiti as well yeah there was kind of these three things happening at once that were new to me the skateboarding graffiti ceramics at the time, I dealt with them all in, as individual things, skateboarding and graffiti being a little bit more related to each other, just in that sense of rebellion and causing chaos. And unless you make being ashtrays a, or something, being, or like a pipe, yeah, w- which ceramics could never get away with that. My <laughs> doesn't my, everybody <laughs>
1: do that in high school? <laughs> I
2: mean, I think people try. Um, my ceramics teacher, uh, Dennis Stats, did. He did not. He didn't go for that. I always had a kid
0: in my class make one, and he kept trying, and the teacher would keep plugging it up. you would be like, oh, man. It's like, well, (laughs) you keep trying, and he keeps, like, you can't fool him. Like, it's just (laughs) so funny. Oh, man, he did it again. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So so you're interested in art, and you're interested in these other parts of culture that are not necessarily, like, the mainstream approach.
2: No, I mean, it was just what was around me at the time um when i was growing up you know this is all you know mid-90s stuff when it's like counterculture was almost pop culture and that's what i gravitated towards you know dyeing my hair all sorts of colors and
0: the graffiti thing is kind of interesting though because i could see kind of how graphic design could come from that like maybe whether you know knew it or not it seems like maybe that's kind of like maybe where some of your inspiration came from doing what you do now maybe
2: yeah that was my graffiti was for sure my introduction into letter forms it later became like an easy translation because all I did with of course graffiti like most other graffiti artists is you just you focus on the letter forms obsessing over compositions and color and just basic design elements um so it became a good kind of primer to get into graphic design uh just in the sense that the lettering portion and how that translates to calligraphy how that translates to typography and the history of design and how letter forms have changed over human evolution and um that's always been fascinating um and i find letter forms very beautiful so I had a teacher, it was toward the end of high school that asked me, he said, Hey, well have you ever considered graphic design as a as an avenue, as a profession, career, what have you? And I you know, at the time I think I was this might have been like nineteen ninety eight. And I, that concept didn't even register for me. I, I remember responding like, What is graphic design? What does that even mean? And he went into his office, my art Teacher at the time, and I pulled out a snowboarding catalog. It was K2, Burton, something like that, and started flipping through the pages and showing me examples of stuff his son was doing. He said, Well, my son did this. My son was working on this. And he's showing me things like backpacks, snowboard graphics, bike frames. I mean, like weird stuff that I thought, that's a job? Mm-hmm. People do that. Right. And I just thought that was kind of amazing i thought and of course i think to myself oh skateboard graphics and oh you know um and being a little naive and a little ignorant to the whole profession i just threw all my eggs in one basket and applied to one design school i got in um but i really still was had no no clue what graphic design was or could be or couldn't be or what what could be involved and what's not involved, I just it was super basic, just like, oh, slapping graphics on merch. Hooray. Right. But it's not of course it's not that simple.
1: It sounds like you didn't notice graphic design until someone pointed it out to you. That reminds me, someone once told me that graphic design is really only noticed if it's bad, right? So good graphic design, it gets a point across in a successful way and
0: it flows nice. It flows it's nicely. Like, oh, God, look at that. Yeah. Like, it's just there and fits.
1: And it's been around forever. I, I also heard once that Sumerians would advertise beer. And at first I was like, okay, that's crazy that beer is like 8,000 years old, but but that there are advertisements for it. Like, that's pretty cool, actually.
2: It is cool. Um, Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think design in, in a general sense um. Yeah, is mostly invisible unless it's bad. I mean, I think Dieter Rams or like a lot of other kind of function-centric designers or people that are you know Swiss designers or people that want to keep it simple and and easy to understand um, would all kind of agree that's like yeah, design could be or ought to be invisible unless it's really bad then you then you go why doesn't especially with uh, products these days and um interactive design when you go why can't why doesn't this button do what i want mm-hmm. why does this why is this so hard to hold you know why does that why is that so hard to read you know these other issues that you come across and yeah i just um <laughs> i uh i like keeping things simple and easy to communicate visually. I mean, it's just I took on that that kind of mentality a long time ago and mm-hmm. like to keep it simple.
1: Yeah. But I mean just like any other art though, you have that history and you have a lot to pick from. So I was also just gonna have you describe like some some visuals for or so maybe I, both. I know him a
0: little bit and I know like there's when you said clean design, I definitely think that like his stuff is very crisp and like and Personally, I feel like you've said you like really bold colors or really black and white or nothing. like. Mm-hmm. So that's a like really unique part of your design that stands out to me.
2: Yeah, when given the opportunity to do that kind of stuff for clients, I do straddle two opposite ends of the spectrum where I either want to go real crazy, super crazy with the color or composition or something that feels overdone or what have you to something that could feel very black and white and static and stoic and calm I have a hard time messing around in the middle ground I would I guess you would say I guess ambiguity in the work like it's not a big I'm not a big fan of and I think a lot of that again comes from some of my graffiti background where it was just like bold colorful in your face that kind of thing and The same kind of results can be achieved, for example, like some retail window or something that I might work on. But it's not often that clients want that kind of work. So it's treading that ground of how do do I inject myself into the work? Because as a designer, you know, of course, the work isn't super personal. It's, you know, you've got to follow a brief. You got brand guidelines to adhere to and identities, stuff to, you know work with and lots of rules so you can't you just can't just go do whatever you need but it's super fun to fun to work within parameters i like i like rules for creative work it's always helpful
1: we've totally talked about that before like parameters it's nice right because
0: deadlines and
1: yeah well art could be anything design could be anything And, and if you put those parameters for yourself then then you there's a lot of freedom within that too and
0: when you're not in your day job where there are those guidelines and deadlines, what kind of projects do you like to work on outside of work?
2: I think some of the things that I find fun to do myself, sometimes I'll just take simple little pictures around work or around my house and then superimpose some fake structure or fake composition in a 3d space. And I kind of do it with my little graffiti filter on in my head where I'm using a lot of spray paint textures or graffiti techniques and, but also keeping the forms very basic and simple because I don't, again, don't like complicating things. So it's, if you could have, I don't know, it's that push pull between like a basic form, complicated fill or complicated mm-hmm. texture or what have you. So. Those kind of projects are entertaining for me. I mean, I pick up freelance graphic design work every once in a while when I can. I have some canvases sitting in a closet that I need to deal with. But (laughs) other than (laughs) that, those are kind of my my side gigs.
1: And I think Ashley's question earlier is a good one. So what is a day in the life of someone as a designer working for Axiom? Like, what, what do you do?
2: Well, right now, so I mean, anyone that's seen Mad Men or anyone that's stepped foot in a creative agency. It's kind of like that, um, but smaller, I mean, compared to Mad Men. Um, there's a small team of us. There's five designers, and we all sit around, desks all close to each other, and, you know, I mean, like day in the life, I mean, if you want to get to the nitty-gritty boring stuff, it's like, well, check the email. See what if there's client feedback on... Whatever project he might have been working on the day before. A lot of the work these days is retail oriented. So, as I say, no, a side note,
1: what's the most my. insane feedback you've got from a client? Mm. Like, what's the like, what's the most wild thing someone said to you?
0: And then, how do you just not respond and then go about a way?
2: <laughs> well, I can tell you about. I had a a failed freelance job a couple years ago. A few years ago. For a company that, I mean, they were a weed company based out of Southern Oregon and they did some branding work. And so I was working with them to develop some parts of their identity, namely their logo, of course. And I went, I remember going through a couple rounds of creative with them based off of what they asked for me, you know, like, we want this, we want that, it should be cool, should be blah, blah, blah. blah and did my best and it was really funny because after a couple rounds of creative they came back to me and they sent me a screenshot of a package i think it was a a beer label possibly (laughs) uh not even a beer label i was familiar with and they legitimately just said to me we just want we want this (laughs) and i said okay so you want me to just replace that company's name with your name and call it a day. No, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm here for. Right. (laughs) Um, I had to push back pretty hard and I, you know, I had to politely say, okay, well, what is it about that that you like? Maybe we can incorporate some of those elements, but if you simply want me to like take that and make it, put your name on it, that's not what I do. And that's not what I'm going to do for you. So I had to yeah. kindly, kindly bow out of that request and go, yeah, I, I can't. I'm not going to plagiarize someone else's okay. work. I'm sure just, you
0: probably yeah. get that a lot. I mean, even with like a project that I talked to you about that I'm with a group of people working on, they kind of had the same idea. And it's like, no, you can't copyright can't use that image like you almost have to educate everyone you talk to
2: well the education becomes a huge part of being a designer um on a day-to-day basis i mean it doesn't matter if the client is mtv or virgin airlines you would assume that they would have some basic understanding of how the design process works but through my experience working with big international companies it always feels like you're starting from scratch as far as educating showing the client the way it used to be a frustrating thing for me to work through because i thought well what a- i'm just the creative why am i having to explain like copyright law to you or why am i right why do i have to ex- explain all these other nuances of business or whatever but that's just how it goes yeah. and that's just part of the work and that's what school doesn't prepare you for either mm-hmm. school just I mean, I, I liked my education, um, but I, yeah, it, it's, it was all focused on how to do work, not yeah. not how to manage clients, mm-hmm. not how to draft up contracts, not how to negotiate your, your, Same your rate. Same my profession and in your
0: profession. Like, they don't prepare you for, like, what students are going to be like, or, like, in my profession, they're not going to, like, prepare you for, like, the client, and what if they're doing this? Like, what do you do then? it's, like... You learn the techniques, but you don't learn like the business side of it really.
1: Well, and I feel like there's a lot of, I'm going to get on my soapbox, but I feel like there's a lot of professions where you just trust the person, right? Like when I go get my teeth cleaned, I don't ask the the dentist or the hygienist, like, um, so what is that there? What is that tool called? And do you know how to use it? Or actually, could, you should probably use it like this instead. Like, there's not a lot of questions around it, but when it comes to design or, or creative art, work, creative yeah. work, they, they forget that, no, actually, we're the professionals. Like, they just trust us. Like, don't tell us how to, I don't know. I yeah, <laughs> no, totally.
2: I mean, I've, I've had that conversation in my head before many times. I go, well, didn't you hire me <laughs> because you like my work? um okay
0: <laughs> just then let them do the me b- how to do it with
1: my job cool. <laughs> just let them design their own yeah. stuff and, and it, does, take, it does and it does
2: it is, it. it's totally a trust thing yeah yeah um and there's I, I think it's a pretty well-known comparison is you know design studios or designers and their clients it's very much like dating where you kind of go oh i i like you can i can i show you something nice Maybe I can make you some more nice things. And then and then and then hopefully the client that you're shooting for will be like, ooh, you're right. That is kind of <laughs> that is kind of nice. I think I want to work with you.
1: I feel like I should leave the room right now. <laughs> it's an insight into dating next
0: dating life. <laughs> it's like,
2: ooh, I think I do want to see some more pretty things from you, you know? And like, then, that
0: was an awful date. No, thank you. Right. Oh, that yeah. was awful work.
2: But it's Uh it's still just it's fostering relationships with people and uh, keeping them happy Mm -hmm. and also staying humble and reminding yourself that they're paying your bills. Yeah, because a lot of I think a lot of designers when they get started feel might maybe maybe not uh, feel like they're God's greatest gift to earth. And everyone should understand their designs, or think they're a genius, or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, you might be a good designer, but gotta learn how to court your court your people a little bit. You know, it's like you want to you want to make some money, you want to have a relationship with people, you want to work with. Yeah, that's. It's
0: almost like you can't be like super tied to your work or super like sensitive about it because it's like
2: for sure no. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: But I have a three-part question. (coughs) Yes. Okay, cool. And then (laughs) we should. uh, Because they're all things I think I know about you, but I'm just curious because I think they're good good questions. It's a great question because I'm unbelievable. So the first question is, what artists, if any, have a similar path or aesthetic to your stuff? So that's the first one. The second question is, which I think I know, who is your favorite artist and why? And then the last question of this three-part question is, what do you listen to while you're creating? I think I know the answers to all these, but I might be surprised. So, <laughs>
2: Well, um, I've been a big fan of Katarina Gross for, for a while um, because she has, to me, it's, it feels like a very graffiti-inspired aesthetic, but it's applied to a different kind of, I mean, it's applied to the natural world, essentially and I appreciate her take on it. Yeah, the grand scale of her stuff I think is really impressive, and I like that. Uh, for sure, she doesn't have the same path as me, but I would like to believe that I could align myself with people more like, um, you know, Shepherd Fairy. or... Now I'm going to draw a blank, of course. Um,
1: oh, I like this game. Just... Just try to describe it. Let's see if we can come up with it. Oh,
2: well, the other giant. There's the two giants. There's the Obey giant, the Shepherd Fairy giant, and then there's... OG Mike Giant, who uh, was also graffiti writer, turned tattoo artist. Now he's just sitting pretty doing whatever he wants because everyone wants his stuff. I try to align myself with the graffiti guys, but I also am a big Swiss graphic design fan. So people like Josef Mueller Brockman are big inspirations for me. Uh, you know, the other classic guys, Paul Rand, or I mean, even in my early days, I was a like into ray gun and the chaos what's his face no i'm gonna freaking remember lose everyone here what's his butt
1: the guy from helvetica that movie you remember that
0: movie helvetica
2: yeah 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 Yeah. that guy (laughs) maybe there was like 12 guys in the i don't know
0: he hasn't said (laughs) the one that i thought he would say keith harry no but they were friends
2: Oh, Basquiat? Yeah. Yeah, Basquiat's a huge... I've loved Basquiat's work for a long time. Um, but as far as how how I got where I'm at, uh, that feels more like a Shepard Fairey or Mike Giant kind of thing where it's like, yeah, you go to art school, you pursue your graphic design stuff, and also there's graffiti as background and how, how that moves forward. Actually, are um, you
1: familiar with Shepard Fairey, how he, how he kind of became famous
0: he's not the obey guy right
1: yeah so he made these obey stickers that had andre the giant on them
0: yeah because when i was in south carolina there was his artwork all over oh yeah we've had this conversation yeah okay never mind so So you know yeah that's old news guys yeah
1: (laughs) yeah all over the world okay
2: yeah i mean but he he has much more provocative imagery and messaging that that i ever was able to put together but
1: So what music do you listen to,
2: though? Oh.
0: Or podcasts? You're a big podcast.
2: Yeah, I like podcasts, too. I listen to a lot of things, most notably mid-90s rap, hip-hop. I shouldn't call it rap.
0: Like
1: De La Soul?
2: De La Soul.
1: Digable Planets?
2: Digable Planets, Living Legends.
1: Uh, Run DMC?
2: Yeah, that came later.
1: Oh, that's not even who I was thinking of. I I was thinking in WA.
2: Oh. That came later too. I got the wrong letters. You guys are K- such like K-
0: graduated K- in the two thousand.
2: KRS One, AC alone, Wu Tang, Wu Tang, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of Bay Area stuff, LA stuff, New York stuff. That was where it seemed to be where all my hip hop was getting sourced out of. Especially during high school in the in the nineties. Nowadays, it's a balance of that plus some newer stuff. You know might get murdered for saying this but it's like yeah i like you know the pogues or the shins um, Can't i have a whole playlist in my head but i can't think of any of the names in it
0: you like the classics like bob dylan
2: bob dylan yeah big fan of bob dylan um yeah just a mix of hip-hop rock some old country stuff if it's johnny cash or or the pot smoker that I
1: can't remember. Oh Willie,
2: Willie Nelson.
0: Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, We've
2: been yeah. drinking
1: a little beer, so it's okay that we forget its yeah, names. Fair.
0: But that's you fair. have a lot of, do, do you prefer to listen to music or podcasts when you're working on something, or both?
2: Music. music. I, I can't, because I can't multitask that way. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to listen to a conversation. And then also be having a conversation in my head about what I'm working on. Mm. Um. And I might, I don't think I'm the only creative that feels this way, but part of that creative process is constantly having a dialogue with yourself. I'm going to do this. What do I think about that? Hmm. Was that the right idea? Hmm. No, maybe not. Let's let's adjust something. And then, is that better? Or is that worse? Hmm. Nope, it's worse. Wait, let's check the brief. What did the client say about this? Ooh, yeah. Okay, we're going to just throw that away because that has nothing to do with what the client wanted but it was a fun idea you know so it's i'm constantly doing that in my mind so i can't i can't listen to podcasts while i'm working because yeah i'll just tune it out and i won't hear it which is like which is fine with music Mm because i can just have music in the background Mm
0: -hmm. That makes sense. Like, my work, I feel like, is so robotic after a while. Like, the the styling of one style of hair that I could listen to podcasts. Because it's like I'm not having to think about what a client wants. Because it's just, like, repetitive at that point. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense.
1: I like how certain books kind of um, change my memory of the process, though. You know? Like, if I look at certain paintings, I'm like, I was listening to that part of Moby Dick in this. And, oh, I was listening to... But... I listened to that book that you suggested, Ashley. I'm listening to that on, on audio, audible right now. Mm -hmm. And I got to a really sad part and I'm like crying and I'm like, I cannot paint. And so I had to like stop
0: because it was, damn it, Ashley. God, I can't believe they did that to her. So, uh, like what role do you see artists having in society?
1: Mm. Yes. Mm. I have a follow-up question for that too. Yeah, cuz mm. I mean like
0: you could even think about like graffiti times like what do you think their role is in society? To get out a message or to like get their art seen or a little bit of both or what's your thoughts on that?
2: Well, for the graffiti portion, it's just fame. That's how the, you know, that's how it's spoken of. And fame just means getting up. It's like self-promo, advertising. Um and that just comes with just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep going up, and eventually you will get some sort of attention. Hopefully, not just from the police, but from your peers. Fine. And that's that's you kind of build it that way. And I I never was you know famous enough as a graffiti writer to get any sort of crazy acclaim, but good enough where I was able to mix around with other guys that I thought were way better than me and have them doodle in my sketchbook and those things I still keep and I treasure some of those things because it's some of the my favorite work is in some of those old black books getting to the question of what artists and designers what, what was it about it was, uh, res- uh, what role like a,
0: do artists have in society
2: aside from contributing greatly to culture I mean that's the big thing it's their culture shifts. Artists, at least the really successful or popular ones, have been able to make some cultural shifts in perspective or point of view uh, or open people's ideas to different possibilities of ways of life or what have you. And design can, is powerful and can do similar things, but I don't feel there was something about the responsibility part that I wanted to address there not a responsibility part or am I just interpreting it?
0: That no, I way? mean, yeah, like what what do artists like what do you think their responsibility is in society? Mm.
2: Like no responsibility.
0: No. And
1: then and <laughs> like what
2: like not to really, make cool shit? Yeah, it's not basically well I think it's everyone has their own motivation and their own point of view. And I think it's totally fair and legit if you don't want to contribute to the social community or the culture that you're living in i mean maybe you just want to make work for the sake of making work it doesn't necessarily have to say anything or mean anything that's kind of what's fun about art i guess it can just be personal expression whether or not you want it to be relatable or not or like how relatable or how communicative do you want it to be does it doesn't really matter i mean if you want to be creative be creative i know some people have take issue with you know folks that make paintings they're like well, are you going to show them? Nope. you going to sell them? Nope. I just make paintings. Okay. Like, I'm not going to hate on those people. If you want to just make paintings for the sake of having them in your garage or whatever, fine. I mean, that's, that's, that's your thing. Other people don't have that same opinion. You know, other people will be like, if I'm making paintings, they need to be out for people to see. They need to be sold or you know, this is a business. Some people don't work that way. So.
0: A lot of people, I feel like it's their therapeutic release and, I don't know, just it's their way of expressing themselves. And some people, it's showing it to the world. Other people, it's just they do it for themselves to be themselves. To I don't know. It's well, it could for be everybody. I it guess. could be both, too. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't see why not. I, I The people that don't want to show anybody is kind of like, well, okay, well. You know, yeah, it's
0: a secret. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it's really, really risky.
2: If you wanted to play devil's advocate, it's you like could be like a
0: treasure map. That they can't tell people where.
2: Yeah, if you wanted to play devil's advocate and someone went into your garage and saw a bunch of paintings that you that you were showing them, be like, well, why are you showing me? Why not show other people?
1: Now that I've shown you, I have to.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a treasure map and I don't know
1: where the treasure is. Following up on that, what yeah, yeah. pisses you off about the art world? The okay. gatekeepers. Okay, and then we should probably wrap things up. It's because we're going over time. The gatekeepers. Who are the gatekeepers? The
2: people that decide who goes into galleries, the people who decide who gets published in magazines, the I mean the the decision makers. Um, I feel like that's becoming less of a thing. Uh, with social media now or how how social media has been evolving Mm -hmm. so you can be your own curator can be your own gallery assistant you can be your own whatever I mean I think it's easy for people to put good work out there and get good attention but it for sure like my problem with the art world specifically not the design world the art world is this subjective gatekeeping of like who's who gets in who doesn't get in and I don't want to sound too cynical because I'm actually not a very cynical person but you know sometimes I'm like yeah I I think it's because you had a really good uh, artist statement Mm -hmm. not really because the work's any good Yeah, the work doesn't look doesn't reflect your artist statement at all to me but bravo nice artist statement they had a way in or but yeah. but like the work itself, like I don't, like it doesn't it's not impressive.
1: Yeah, I totally yeah. I totally agree. There's lots it. of
2: impressive work, everywhere. But sometimes I I get a little confused. Like how did that happen?
0: You're like how did that person get in, but that person didn't? That's crazy. Yeah yeah yeah. It's not there's no fairness. Yeah. What the hell, what was the one weird question we were asking everybody? It was like your dream project,
1: or dream project, or what's in the future? What's a dream project? Or what's uh, what's another one? What would you do with a million dollars? Oh, elephant! You would if we gave you an elephant. What would you do with <laughs> I it? I hate that question. <laughs> I fucking love it. Poor question. elephants. Just leave them alone. <laughs> we could give him something else. How about we give him an ostrich?
0: All those questions. Answer them and, and go. And yeah.
2: The elephant goes back to Africa or Asia, wherever it came from. I don't. Leave it alone. I, I don't want it. It just needs to go home.
1: That's easy. <laughs> All right. Same with the same same with the
2: ostrich. The ostrich just needs to go Let home.
1: Let him be. What about a really cute dog that knows your name?
2: It's oh like my God, a talking did, dog. Yeah. Hey
1: Nick. <laughs> hey Nick.
2: Well then I keep I probably keep the dog. I mean, especially if it's gonna say my name.
1: You're like, whoa, cool. Well what if he also cusses at you though? He's like, hey Nick, go
2: so i have a dog I a, shit on your so i have a so <laughs> a, a dog with verbal english tourettes is that what we're talking about now we've got a dog with with tourettes that speaks english
1: <laughs> and german he's like <laughs> I, I
2: can't even pretend to speak
0: do you want to like say what your dream project is though no we we're up? done we're not gonna end on that dog question. I think it's a good one. Oh,
1: you say what you want. You
0: say. What oh, you want
2: dream it. project. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. To be president? No. 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 Nobody wants. No. I'm not. I'm not a people person. You know,
1: Christopher will no. edit it so the dog questions at the end. No. No, <laughs> no I. Um, you want that to be a uh,
2: dream job? Well or project it's kind of it's kind of been i feel like my dream job hasn't changed um for quite a while and i've i've described it to a few people before um but let's take the scenario for example you are the new proud owner of a restaurant space and you need all the things designed for you you need you need a new logo You need some new menus. You need your seating designed, your interiors, your lighting, your fabrics, your wallpapers, your flooring, your bar top, all the like everything that would be involved with opening a business like that and being able to take that on. And I'm not saying that I would do every little component of it, but I would like to be part of a job like that working with a couple other people. And I always thought that if I ran my own business or had my own business, that I would employ those kind of people where you might have one person that's a interior designer specialist, you got another person that's focused on fabrics and textiles, you'd have another person that's a lighting expert, you'd have another person that's fabricator specialist for fabricating certain kinds of things, obviously graphic designer, whatever. Um, but to be able to work on some kind of fully, fully involved project like that um, with as much creative freedom as possible. I know we talked about guidelines or.
0: Parameters.
2: Parameters. Right. Parameters. <laughs> f- <laughs> param- like less
0: parameters. You just want Bigger like scope. Be the creative of all of it with no you holding back.
1: Do a fully immersive installation that also offers food.
0: Is that kind of what you're saying? Because mm. food is everything
1: really is
2: sure
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can do that too. that's what we got from it <laughs> no but that's
2: what i like about the work i do now um with axioms it's kind of like that we i mean if, if we did have a, a client that came in like that oh turns out we have all those people
0: very cool
2: we have all those things oh you need a specialist for this fabricator for that designer for that
0: come
2: here, come mm. here. we got that oh, turns out turns out <laughs> type turns
0: it out <laughs> i think that'd the i funny. think i think
2: the only biggest difference is it's it's not my company
0: so maybe if you had a company that'd be a cool thing too it would be a dream maybe yeah. we'll see yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah very cool there's still time very nice well thank you for being on our show it's
2: been a pleasure